Welcome to the Florida Madcaps, your ultimate guide to experiencing fantastic and unique destinations across our magnificent state. Join us while we lead you on a journey of exploration, recreation, and conservation. The popularity of Florida's natural wonders is on the rise, and our mission is to be your go-to source for conscientious recreation. We encourage you to get out and explore these breathtaking sites and to leave them even better than you found them through individual actions and group advocacy. Join the Florida Madcaps as we discover the beauty of our incredible state together. Everyone, welcome to the Florida Madcaps podcast. It's me, Ryan, a.k.a. the Florida Excursionist, and I'm here with the memorable, the famous, the outstanding, the Sunshine State Seekers. Hello. Howdy. All right, so today we are going along the Gulf Coast, a little bit south of Tallahassee, I believe, mm-hmm. to the Gulf, and we're going to be talking at a couple of state parks. The first one is O'Clockney State Park. Now, that weighs in at about, what, 543 acres. It's not the largest, and uh, but it does have 30 campsites and a few hiking trails, and it's pretty interesting. It's where the O'Clockney... And the Dead River meet, even though it sounds a little bit ominous. But <laughs> I went there and walked around a little bit. I didn't do any camping. So if you're, I think it's primarily, since it's a smaller park, if you're camping or doing water-related activities, it's the place for you. But you guys have been there pretty recently, right? Yeah, it's uh, definitely a really cool park. I, we, we went there and uh, didn't realize that uh, the campsite butted up right to an island that was my namesake. Spelled correctly and spelled, everything. Well, I spell my name wrong, so for it to be spelled correctly in, in the sense that it's spelled the same way I spell my name, which is wrong. <laughs> Uncanny. It was wow. very unusual. I was like, oh, look, we're at Chelsea Island. <laughs> yeah, a little All right, island. get off my land, peasants. <laughs> <laughs> right right in the river there, the Clockney River. I'm, I'm in the presence of the governor of Chelsea Island. Wow. <laughs> the queen. <laughs> this is more of a dictatorship. <laughs> <laughs> the Sultan. Yeah. So, how long did you guys camp there for? A couple we, nights. Yeah, yeah. We spent, I think, at least two nights there. And yeah. It was, um, the the campsite itself was really quaint. I, I really enjoy that quaint. one. And uh, yeah, like uh, there was a lot of different campsites that were kind of tucked into their own little uh, cubby holes, surrounded by okay. vegetation. Um, there were some more that were uh, not quite fishbowl-y, but you really shared. Uh, you could see your neighbors a bit more. Um, ours was kind of secluded. It was very nice. Um, but should we talk about the coolest thing at that campground? There were a lot of squirrels running around. Yeah, lots of squirrels. What was what was what was unique about those squirrels? They were a different color. Yeah, they uh, they were completely white, besides a little black spot on their forehead. Very cute. There were your standard squirrels and uh, quite a mix of different kinds of squirrels there. But I had never seen those before, and it was fun, funny because um. We asked the rangers about them, and they're like, I don't know how they got here. <laughs> yeah, the, the one said, I think it's an adaption to the white sands. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then Chelsea dug into it a little bit and with pretty, a five pretty quickly. Second, uh, yeah. Google search found out that they were introduced to the area. I believe they were bred a, that way. Yeah, and they someone, were. someone brought them and thought it would be neat to, yeah. to release these, these white <laughs> squirrels into the woods there. And That is a reoccurring theme <laughs> in Florida for sure. Sometimes That's how I got here. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes it has disastrous results. Sometimes uh, kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, that one was curious, and I don't see it uh, being that harmful. But um, incidentally, uh, which would it would have to be unrelated. There's also a famous deer there, no. as you can maybe hear in the background. Uh, Tori is here with us, my little one now. Uh, but when we went to that park, I was. 
very, 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 very pregnant. When we had camped there, we got to the ranger station and I didn't really feel like getting out. So I told Chris to go check it out. And we described this uh, in another podcast uh, as well, but it was kind of neat. He came back to the car and said, yeah, they got this picture of this white deer. And I was like, yeah, it's right there. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, no, it's right there. So uh, as soon as he came to tell me about the deer, we got to see it uh, right next to our car. Wow. Got some really cool pictures of them. It was walking around the woods right there. Yeah. (laughs) That is interesting. I haven't seen that yet in my travels of Florida. And I'm pretty sure it's mainly a coincidence that they have the white squirrels and the white deer. But it's it's an odd coincidence. Yeah, it's an odd coincidence that both of those... uh, uh, creatures, mysterious and magical creatures, are at this one park. Is there like a Clorox plant? <laughs> it's a nice little park, but it's it's in an area where there's a lot of recreation opportunities. Mm-hmm. But you don't have like this massive development because if you go to like South Florida or along the southwest coast or the southeast coast, it's hard to find parks and areas where there's just so much opportunity in the surrounding areas. Right. Like if I go to Miami or Fort Lauderdale. Those parks is just, you know, wall-to-wall development up to the boundaries. Right. And, and then, it, then it changes. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, our, our fourth podcast host is with us today. I know nearby St. George Island um, is considered the part of the Forgotten Coast, they've named it. Mm-hmm. And I, I do believe that uh, it was possibly part of this for- Forgotten Coast as well. So yeah. like, you, like you described, you, you, you get the, the beaches and stuff, but there's no big giant development. Yeah, I hope it stays forgotten. <laughs> um, just down the road, uh, there's Bald Point, which is a little bit larger. It's, what, 4,800 acres? Yeah, that, that turned out to be a really interesting park. It's uh, almost like multiple parks uh, wrapped into one. Uh, there's a few different entrances, uh, the main park entrance, and then the entrances into uh, different trail systems and everything. Um, yeah, you can drive down the main road, and there's there was like a, a sand pine trail that was a little loop that mm-hmm. overlooks. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these... A lot of these um, trails overlook these just gorgeous, hard to describe, like salt marshes and tidal marshes and stuff. Oh, yeah, and, and there's yeah. a lot of that out there. Yeah, yeah, we went before Tori was born and saw a beautiful sunset. And then we went more recently. And while uh, Chris was hiking some trails, I went back to the same area and got to see uh, the marshes more in the middle of the day. Also got to explore the coastline a little more while he was out hiking. So I, I, I joke, I sent him a screenshot that I'll share on our social media that I went to the baldiest of the bald points. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a it kind of uh, the coastline, there's this um, exposed like hook of sand mm-hmm. that kind of traps some water in a little lagoon area. There's a, It seems to be very popular with fishing. Mm-hmm. So one of the docks that kind of was enclosed in this little pocket had a lot of fishermen on it. He actually enjoyed it, so don't listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> they had a, a really impressive trail system, and, and there are um, two trails that recently opened in a, in a large tract. And like Chelsea was saying, you're, you're driving along, and there's, there's multiple ways to access these different trails throughout the the park and you can drive like county roads or yeah. highways that, that go through these different places but mm-hmm. the the saint Teresa tract and i just actually finished the second of, of both the trails in there and they're very interesting the second one i did that that goes to the bluffs overlook mm-hmm. was um really kind of incredible once you get to the overlook you're looking at this over this ancient valley almost on the Ocklacone uh, bay mm-hmm. and the, and the uh, river going by now, one thing to note for uh, you Central Florida plant lovers that we have a small pocket of in our area is the scarlet um, calamint. 
when I was driving around up there, it was just everywhere uh, lining the roads. I pulled over and took a few pictures and then drove and pulled over and took a few more pictures. And I realized, you know what, this this isn't as special up here. I don't need to pull over for every single one I see. They're all over the place, but they're so striking and beautiful. One of my favorite plants uh, to find in Florida. A great, nice. great variety of plant life, and the, and the habitats are, are really unique. It's it's kind of like a lot, a lot of it's coastal scrub, mm-hmm. like pine scrub, and it's interesting to note that it seems to have recovered greatly because huge portions of this whole point were owned by the St. Joe Paper Company. Uh, it's still evident today, but just massive groves of sand pines yeah. that they would grow for the pulp. Yeah, and you could see very there was a lot of mature sand pine, which um, Usually when we see it, they're, they're quite a bit younger. They are fire-dependent, and typically they're just burnt down before they get that large, and then they drop their cones and new ones come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you go through Ocala National Forest, you'll see a more of a healthy example of sand pine forest. Sand pine forest yeah. yes. They have a very, very interesting reproductive cycle as far as pines go. When I went there, I did a little bit of hiking and caught a sunset. It was nice. I was, I was passing through and took a break and enjoyed it. But it's very interesting because it's like a large coastal area park, even though I was, they have what, 18 miles of trails. So I went there and did some hiking. It's where the, it was the Appalachie Bay and the O'Clockney Bay meet. Mm-hmm. So you got, you got swimming, you got some kayaking. There's what, a creek that runs through the park and there's a small like lake or a large pond. Yeah, Tucker Lake. Mm-hmm. And, and the, um, that's, that's, I read some interesting factoids about that is initially, or naturally, it was a freshwater lake that slowly seeped into Ocklockney. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, but they dredged it at one point that, in, in a way that it, it disrupted it, and now it's um, kind of a... Saltwater, brackish. Brackish water. Yeah. Mm. Oh, really? But absolutely gorgeous area there in the middle mm-hmm. of the park. The views are just absolutely amazing. And just um, because I explored the area uh, somewhat via car while he was out hiking. So when you get into the park, uh, to the main park, you can take, there's a fork in the road where you go left to Bald Point or right to Alligator Point, I believe it was called, Mm -hmm. which is more of um, an inhabited area. Lots of uh, beachfront property and stuff, but Uh it was a really nice drive. It was really beautiful uh, scenery to go through that area. And I just drove through some of the neighborhoods. Everyone was looking at me like, what you doing back here? (laughs) (laughs) But I waved, you know, everyone's kind enough. And it was, it was a really nice view. They have primitive camping, but I didn't see any like regular camping areas or anything there. Did you guys do any camping? You just pretty much uh, hiking. I think there's some primitive camping that you can kayak to. I think it's mostly for the trails and the beaches at that park. But you can camp. A clockney. A clockney is actually the, I think, the managing park. Mm-hmm. And they've got the, the camping right there. And it is, it is maybe a 15 minute drive between the two. Yeah. So that, that's what we did. They're we really close there. to one another at the different parks. So another uh, area, or a, a pretty well-known park in that area that you can hit up at the same time is uh, St. George Island, which we explored together. And you did a pretty extensive uh, trail out there, didn't you? Yeah, the, uh, the Gap Point Trail was an absolutely incredible trail. And that has two primitive campsites on Gap Point itself. Mm-hmm. So it, I think if you're going to stay at the campsite, you can actually, there's, there's two trailheads. So you have the... So I said they have different names, mm-hmm. but I know that the, the landform itself is called Gap Point, and it's on the backside of the island. So the island is, is pretty popular with the beaches that, that face the gulf mm-hmm. on one end, and they have a, a developed campground there. So from the back of the developed campground, you have a trail that leads out to 
gap point with the with the two primitive campsites. But I think the more scenic of the two parts of the hike is the other trailhead that you access from the the beach parking lot, mm-hmm. and it has this really incredible overlook. And and you may have noticed when you went there, the iconic sand dunes yes. are, are incredible there. And you're and you're driving down that that main park road, and the sand dunes just kind of sweep up to your left. St. George Island is a little bit farther down 98. So you're going to go past Carabelle and almost to Apalachicola. And the mm-hmm. neat thing is when you look out into the Gulf before you get there, you can see it. Yeah. So you got to go over like a pretty long bridge to get on the That's island. That's one of my favorite drives. Yeah. Where you see that, that, that beautiful view of the Gulf and the islands in the distance. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. The, the Big Bend Scenic Highway, yeah. I think they call it. You're going to be doing that and you're going to get on the island. And then there's going to be like the usual island stuff. There's a lighthouse, uh, there's some beachware places, you know, restaurants and whatnot. And you're just going to go back east towards the park, and it is absolutely beautiful. Those sand dunes are amazing. Now, but a few things to note is that island is part of the Dark Skies program. Yes. So, great place for star viewing, and also it was greatly damaged by the hurricane. So, you, when you hiked, weren't you, didn't you say that they said you were the first person to hike that section since it reopened? That was T.H. Stone. Oh, never um, mind. <laughs> a little bit down the road. But the, one of the first people to, to camp at that, yeah. that, that far oh. point that was out there. Okay. T.H. Stone is pretty awesome. The, the Peninsula State Park, mm-hmm. that one they just recently repaired because it was ripped in half by Hurricane Andrew. Or, Andrew? Was it? <laughs> that, Not that, Andrew. Was, that was like 90. Michael. I'm sorry. Yeah. Got a little mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, being a Floridian, we got a few of these hurricanes. It's easy. It's yeah, easy it's to, hard to keep track. <laughs> yeah, they they actually f- fixed it completely and put the road back over it, and the cabins are open now. Back to um, St. George Island, and you were talking one one thing we didn't notice in the past, and it m- must be something new, is it actually had a little observation platform mm-hmm. for night sky yeah. that, that wasn't connected because uh, as you're driving down this this long, beautiful beach road where it's all white sands. You got all these little parking kind of pull-offs that you can access the beach. Well, this one says no beach access, but it's a platform that's set up for uh, astronomy viewing. It said yeah. that. Also, since, like I said, when you're coming from Carabelle towards Apalachicola, you can look out and you can see the island way before you get to the bridge to get to it. It's that bay, and that's also great for paddling. If, mm-hmm. you know, if that's something you enjoy. I like paddling. I've been a little bit more on uh, taking my paddleboard and using it as a kayak, <laughs> depending on the weather conditions. But they have what's a large campsite, so it's 60, 60 sites there. Yeah, yeah. The, the um, developed campsite is is a pretty nice one. It, it doesn't have um, laundry. <laughs> you can't do your laundry there. Yeah, I you think to, you, you got kind of chast- the- made fun of a little. It's some of, some of these rangers think that all the parks are like their park. It was the uh, host. Yeah. He, but, and he was like, a laundry machine? Why? Well, <laughs> no, of, of course do. we He's don't like, have that. i got to drive to the mainland once a week to do my laundry. Like, who, and who are you talking to? Robinson Caruso? <laughs> <laughs> he happened to be the campsite host. And, and uh, he, was, he, was, he was pretty pleasant. Uh, yeah. But it was he was like confused as to, as to why there why should be. Why would you be, think uh, there'd be laundry here? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a... Um, it's a well-shaded park that's that's set in the, I, I guess you would call it pine flatwoods. I, I think that they're, they could be longleaf pines, I think. Yeah. But the one really interesting thing, cause, so I camped there recently for folks that are aware of uh, the, the turpentine industry here mm-hmm. and the cat faces in the trees, is this was, and I, I believe it was also part of the St. Joe Paper Company or, or, or an entity tied with all of that, the whole entire island there was, was heavily turpentine. So almost all of the old, 
trees had cat faces in them with with a nail. And, oh really? Uh, yeah, and and so in my campsite there was a pine tree, and I noticed it when I was setting up my tent that had a nail and the little um, cat faces cut right into it in in the actual site itself. And then when I hiked it, they were like everywhere. Almost every one of the trees had a cat face in them. That's kind of rare. It is. It, I thought that was particularly interesting. And then I asked someone about it. They're like, oh, yeah, this was a huge turpentine. There was a bill here and everything. I was reading about that in the park history, but also it's a newer park. Well, yeah, the park opened actually in 1980. So, yeah, there's a few decades before that when they're doing a lot of turpentining and everything. But that's that's neat to see cat facing. Anywhere you see cat facing, which is usually these downward chevron-shaped notches that are cut in pine trees, that was to use them for turpentining. And if you look down, oftentimes you'll find uh, fragments of uh, hardy cups mm-hmm. uh, along the path. Little clay pots they use to collect it. Less typical to find them intact, but that you know, that is something you could find. Typically, again, they're, they're shards of old ones that have, are broken up nowadays. I've only seen one complete one. If you're in anywhere that they're doing any time of there was turpentine industry, you can still see them. Uh, they look like what is it like the terracotta? Yeah, cups and they that have you like, get like a Ace Hardware or something for like your plants. a vertical w- a grain to them. <laughs> Basically, what it was that would that would be nailed to the tree. It would collect the sap. Mm-hmm. Um, they usually have like a hole in them for the nail to go through. I mean, where you can hang it on the nail. Yeah, they broke quite easily, and so there's shards all over the place. Now, Chris and I, when we were out there uh, after Tori was born, decided to check out a few other trails apart of that park. And this one, it was a different management area. What was that one? I can't remember exactly what the um, what it stands for, but it was NERR, which is the Nap- Apalachicola National Estuarian Reserve. So, and that and that consists of a few different plots, and I think it was at least co-managed by the uh, the Florida DEP. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was one kind of on the the backside of the island, right when you came across um, on the bridge. And you make a left, you go back through the back of a neighborhood, mm-hmm. and there's a, a handful of trailheads that access this shoreline trail. And it was not a, a typical trail at all because it was basically tracing along the edge of the shore. Yeah, and some of the trails differ from what the map had displayed, and that's just from the storm damage and mm-hmm. uh, the ever-changing coastline. Uh, some of the trails, I would say, are not accessible, but, I mean, maybe if you just want to walk through the swamp, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, they, um, it, it, it had definitely changed dramatically was, yeah. since they opened it. It and seemed made the more of a maps. permanent thing than than tidal. But we followed the coastline. Um, it was really beautiful and a, and a different different for the Florida coast because it's not like the, a beach that you go play at or anything like that. A little more rustic, lots of downed uh, trees, lots of and it's it's very strange for me where I'm from on the beach to just see uh, pine trees right on the coast like that. A lot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. They were in the in the salt water and the, yeah, I see barnacles seen, growing on pine. <laughs> it's kind wow. of living pine trees, and they, and they must send that taproot way down. Uh, wow. But it's a, it was amazing that they were still alive. I mean, they were they were struggling, but yeah. <laughs> and there was a campsite that you could hike to, and it was kind of again a kind of neat because you just follow this coastline probably about up two miles to get to the campsite, and then you're also right in a neighborhood as well, so you could probably access that campsite a little easier. Well, it's supposed to be kayak only. Yeah, it's I supposed. Think it's, to- <laughs> that's one of those things where they that's a way to restrict people from just going back there and yeah. fires and stuff and the primitive ones that are actually in the back of st george uh, state park are mm-hmm. also accessible by kayak nice and i think they're popular to do that i don't know if i've ever even seen a campsite with the fire ring and picnic table 
like right at the edge where the the top top of the shoreline comes up onto the sand. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was it was picturesque, and, and when I walked out to it, it was the sun was setting, so I could only imagine. And, and then I and then I kind of kicked myself because that was my plan at the the end of this uh, excursion. So I, I, I excursion as well sometimes. Whoa. Yeah, mm-hmm. not just another excursion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but the, at the end of my planned um, excursion, the I spent a couple of days in the uh, developed campground and because I'd started it with a, a backpacking trip in in TH Stone that was like seven miles in, seven miles out, and that was also right on the um, water as well with palm trees and set up a hammock and everything. It started getting a little cloudy mm-hmm. and rainy, unexpected at the end of the trip, and I was like, yeah. I don't know if I want to go out there and have to be, hike through the rain to get to a primitive campsite that's like two miles from the trailhead. And uh, it, it all kind of cleared up as I walked out there, and the sun was starting to set. And it's like, eh, and it, and it would have cost five bucks instead of twenty-eight bucks. But <laughs> I, I spent the night uh, that that one final night in the developed campground, then headed home. Now, one thing I would say, if you are going out there to any of these campsites, really, is uh, on the coastline when the sun sets, the bugs come out. Oh, yeah, that yes. too. <laughs> it's party so, time for them. Yeah, bring your thermocell or cover up uh, as much as possible. I know people think that's a weird thing to do, in, in, at least in the summers in Florida, to wear long sleeves. But you can get nice moisture-wicking clothes that are long sleeve. And I find that that's the, the most uh, surefire way to protect yourself from insects is just to stay covered. But you can wear a head net, whatever. Uh, and then once the sun's down, it's not as bad. They kind of... Dissipate. Yeah, they, yeah, they <laughs> peter off. It, it's um, it starts um, like right around sunset, and, and especially with like no seams and stuff. Yeah, and it, and it's all situational. Sometimes they're they're just not. There Sometimes at all, there's a breeze that seems to keep yeah. them away. Uh, and yeah, and then and other times they bite your eyelids. <laughs> when it, when I went out to that campsite too. Yeah, so, but yeah, I don't know. Some other time, and and that's something to mention um, as well. That um, it's it's really a steal. There's a lot of the state parks that have uh, primitive backpacking campsites. And I think in general they're they're all five dollars per person mm-hmm. per night. So if that's if that's your jam, we were talking about that earlier. Um, I think in the, the last episode, I guess. But um, backpacking, if you're if you're looking to foray into trying backpacking, the state parks are a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's also an interesting aspect that Chris may have some helpful safety advice because around that area, closer to, I think, Carabelle, I can't remember exactly where it is, but they had Camp Gordon Johnson. That was a World War II training camp because uh, one thing the United States did a lot of was amphibious landings. So they would take the ships to the beachhead and then send out, you know, like landing craft, and the soldiers would just pour out of it, you know, depending on where you're at, the Marines or the Army, depending on the battle. But uh, they did a lot of amphibious training around there and uh, some of it was on St. George Island, and you can still see, I believe, uh, they said practice bombs and artillery shells. I didn't hear anything about unexploded ordnance. What should you do if you see one? Poke, uh, no, don't don't poke it with a stick. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't see any or or see any signs, but actually, you brought something up that um, that back to Bald Point State Park, the the St. Teresa track that recently opened. Um, I understand that there was a large camp there and that whole area actually was was staging for the amphibious vehicles mm-hmm. the ones that they trained for that ultimately ended up being used in the normandy mm-hmm. big big turning point yeah in the big war. top secret thing back it was then, yeah, from what I've super heard, you know secret but that's like basically where they trained for those sink ships so <laughs> that's that's the word so the history there 
lots of history, all kinds of all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, and if you want to hear about Camp Gordon Johnson, I think around Carabell they do have a nice history museum that's that's pretty cool. We talked about Apalachicola on a previous episode, but Carabell, Apalachicola, Sop Choppy, there's are all towns in that area that are really cool. And of course you got Appalachian Cola National Forest to the north. If you're still looking for an area of Florida that's kind of old Florida and small town. It's kept its historical charm, yeah. for sure. I mean, And thanks to, to the places. locals, which we've uh, had the pleasure of meeting quite a few of them, they've uh, fought pretty diligently to keep to keep the charm intact. Yes. Because uh, you'll go to some coastal areas up there that uh, are not <laughs> as uh, preserved, I'd, I'd say, uh, seaside. Florida is very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Disney-like. <laughs> yeah. what, what's the, um, um, Great and Beach, that, yeah. that whole area, really. Um, Just the last few years that we've been going up uh, there yeah. to um, say, uh, yeah, like Great and Beach or Topsail Hill Preserve. Uh, it's very although those are now. very beautiful parks, the surrounding areas uh, are completely built up. Lots of pedestrian traffic that you have to keep an eye out for, lots of golf carts. And just, like I said, in the last few years that we've visited have uh, changed drastically. If there's anything that I despise in Florida, and uh, knowing my future, I'll probably end up owning one. <laughs> golf carts. <laughs> Blocking the road, taking the parking spots, running you over almost. <laughs> it's just, I'm like, I see them and I'm shaking my head. I'm like, oh, these things. Yep. It's a, definitely a interesting uh, part of florida however the locals did not keep all the dollar generals at bay i noticed that a few of them have been those, those seem up. to have uh, infiltrated regardless yeah, yeah the entire state it's the dollar generals in the golf carts i'm sure that uh, there's actually a, a meme going around lately um and i've noticed it's the same hilly spot no matter what a uh, city or town they're saying but they're like uh, what people think virginia looks like mm-hmm. and it's like mountains and then what virginia actually looks like it's the, the same, same exact <laughs> scene but it has a dollar general sign <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and i've seen the same same scene with it saying tennessee or uh any of those uh, appalachian uh, appalachian areas uh they, any any rural yeah area. any rural area it's, uh, it's kind you're, of the you're same bound thing. to find one now <laughs> someone who tries to stay off the interstates as much as possible when i'm you know doing my leisurely road trips they are just about in every small rural town yep. that i've come across i know i know kathy had something some words to say about them yeah, she, yeah. oh kathy celestri yeah, <laughs> one of my favorite floridians yeah she uh, she didn't have nice things to say about them uh, that's about it do we have anything else we want to add before we close this one out I just view it well. It's still in its state, you know, because Florida, as, as we did mention, is developing rapidly. So, and and the hurricanes change things constantly. So this is one of those. These are one of those areas they say, you know, unfortunately, might change throughout the coming years. So see it while you can. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully it lasts forever. <laughs> in, yeah, if you're into hiking, <laughs> um, I mean, you between these three parks, you you could easily spend a week out there mm-hmm. camping between the two developed campgrounds and then sort of in between them I think we've touched on before is, is Tate's Hell mm-hmm. uh, State yeah. Forest is out there with a really extensive trail that uh, like alongside um, Carabelle and everything yes. yeah. so I mean you, you could definitely make a week's worth of exploring this area and 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 this with this charm yes yeah. this, mm-hmm. this backwoods Florida charm yeah yeah it's rapidly going away uh, because after Michael, it, it wiped away a lot of the older structures right. and, and the more the, the homes that weren't cookie cutter and, and everything else, probably not up to code, but it cleaned all those out. Mm-hmm. And what's what's coming to replace them is just development. Not a, not, yeah. not, the fishing shacks are gone and everything else. And 
and then when I went to yeah when I went to see some of those barrier island parks, a lot of them were closed down or, or going through renovations as they're trying to piece them back together. Mm-hmm. So see the coastal Florida while you can because it's going to constantly change. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worst. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. And as always, enjoy Florida responsibly. Thank you for listening to the Florida Madcaps. We hope today's episode was enjoyable. Your input is important to us. If there is a topic that you would like to know more about, please let us know. The Florida Madcaps is presented in partnership with the Florida Springs Council, the only nonprofit advocacy organization focused solely on protecting our Florida Springs. Get a free spring sticker and join the Florida Springs Council at floridaspringscouncil.org slash madcaps. As a token of our appreciation, we are giving away a free madcap sticker to anyone who leaves us a review. All you have to do is send us your contact information to the email provided in our show notes. We will take care of the rest. Thank you for being a part of the Florida Madcaps community.